Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, and today I'm with a lovely Australian lady. I'm loving that I'm getting all the Australians on my podcast. It's awesome because us UK people love accents, so why not? Why not? So she is a bikini competitor based in Australia, and it's really cool. We actually started talking on the DMs, and I love this. I'm getting all like awesome podcast host like guest people through like the dms which is wicked so her name is jessica and i've forgotten how to say her last name really it's marnie <laughs> yeah marnie yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. I did it. if you go on her instagram guys it looks like jessica mahoney and i was getting really really worried that i was gonna say it wrong. so welcome jessica to the podcast I'm glad we got the time difference sorted. I feel like I'm in this zone now that the Australians come to me at six o'clock in the evening and I get ready at nine o'clock in the morning. So I feel like we've nailed it. So I'm very, very happy. <laughs> very, very happy. But um, so yeah, welcome to the podcast. I think it might be cool to give, I guess, a bit of an overview of obviously your bikini capacitor, but like what you do aside from that, um, potentially how you got into competing in the first place, how many shows have you done? Um, and yeah, we'll kind of just take it from there. Okay, cool. Um, so I am a, a sports and fitness competitor for a federation called RCN. Um, I do think they have one in the UK, but it's not very big there. Um, it's one of like the biggest natural feds here, but in terms of overseas, it's sort of not quite big yet. Um, so I compete in the sports and fitness, but in like... The fitness category in our Fed isn't quite as big as like the girls and like the WBFF or anything like that. So, yeah. Um, and aside from competing, I am a psychiatric nurse. So I did my bachelor in nursing and my bachelor in psychology. And I work at a um, psychiatric hospital, um, mostly in eating disorder program. Yeah big thing that we spoke about wasn't it which I found fascinating um and really really interesting actually that you, I guess out of all the I guess spectrums if that's the right word to use um was you have you always been in the eating disorders I guess department um with your field of work or have you kind of delved into different ones as well um so when I graduated I did a little bit of work in medical and rehab um, but then I really liked psychiatric stuff. So I went to the place that I work at now and I did like the drug and alcohol, um, just sort of the general program with depression, anxiety, TMS, um, ECT. And then I sort of work mostly in eating disorders program at the moment, but I do sort of, um, sort of go around a bit and yeah, work all over the hospital. So yeah. So how do you find to cover the, 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 I guess the main topic of com uh, conversation we had on the DMs was, I guess we, we spoke about like what you kind of do and we spoke about, which I found, I think the biggest thing that I found very interesting was the conflict that you had sometimes between being a good competitor and being a good nurse. Um, I don't yeah. know, obviously with confidentiality and all that sort of thing, um, we'll take into consideration with this, but what sort of, I guess talk to us about your, like your day-to-day, -day, like what it kind of entails, whether you're on prep or whether you're in kind of off-season, like what sorts of interactions, tasks and jobs are you having to do with the sort of job that you do? Okay. 
Um, so basically, um, the so just talking eating disorders, I guess mm. we have a inpatient program. So we have boys and girls come and stay with us for forty nights, and um, we'll just give them support with um, eating meals, getting through anything else that might be going on in their life. Um, we do supervised meal times and we have dietitians, psychiatrists, all allied health work together and try and help these people with whatever illness they might be suffering from at the time. So I do see my patients and get to know them pretty well because they're there for a very long time. And I think like the main issue that I had with being a competitor and being a nurse. I've, I've been a nurse before I was a competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so working in mental health is something that I'm really passionate about and that I love. And then I started competing and I sort of didn't expect this at all, but I found a little bit of a conflict. I guess when I'm working with people um, for such a long time, they see me change and get to know my life as well. So I guess when I've got some people that are sometimes quite unwell with their eating disorder it can be very difficult for them also to be having me trying to be a good role model encouraging them to have a healthy relationship with food when I'm dropping weight you know every week in front of them my uniform's getting looser Um, since I do have meals with them I guess they pick up on the fact that I'm dieting even though I try and be super super discreet with it so yeah that was a little bit of a problem I experienced my last prep um I'm in prep at the moment and I'm it's going okay so far it's not upsetting anybody at the moment which is amazing but I am quite a long way out so we'll see how it plays out this time but yeah I can imagine for I guess it's one of those things where they go and come into contact with people who diet um I guess whether they're competitive or not but I can imagine it obviously they, they must because they're very aware anyway, they must know, do they make, I don't know, last time, what sort of things they pick up on most? Was it obviously the food that you were eating? Because uh, what sort of food, like generally for someone who, if you're having the supervised eating, I actually have no idea how this stuff works, um, but yeah. what sort of food do you tend to give them? Is it very similar to yourself? Is it kind of in a big, portion um like how does it kind of does it kind of depend on on who's you're kind of I guess working with yeah so all of the I'm just going to say girls because we've only got girls in at the moment um girls will have um a different meal plan um that they have to sort of follow and so they'll have like a kitchen menu and um we help them to choose what they're going to order and things like that so they might have something like I don't know, just every, every day is different. You know, like if you're eating at home without being a tracking macro counting competitor or whatever. So like meat and veg or like pasta or yeah, just a really big variety of things, obviously including a lot of things that I can't have during prep. Um, especially since there's no way of tracking a lot of it as well, because the kitchen makes it all. So I can't participate in that. Whereas when I'm in off season, I would love to have the same meal as them. 
like we'll eat together and we'll do it together and I can model like you know this is a really normal thing to have you don't have to be scared like it's okay when prep comes I have to sort of pack my own meals and um I try and save all my food to have at work so that I am having like bigger appropriate portions and making sure I've got carbs protein like everything in there rather than skipping out on everything but near the tail end of prep it gets really hard to do that um yeah and also we do um three meals and three snacks as part of the program so um, my boyfriend who's my coach has had to um, alter my meal plan as much as possible to allow me to also have a snack with them as well so yeah okay imagine that i don't know what what's been the reaction i guess with colleagues they have they been supportive did you kind of feel like you I don't know, did you, was you quite open with them when you first started to do the competing? Um, what were your, what was the kind of process with that? And how did you feel, I guess, bringing that up with them? So my first ever competition I did, this is kind of ridiculous, but I did a three week prep. It was a really what? last, yeah, it was a really weird last spur of the moment thing. And I was like, I'm going to give this a go. So no one really had any preparation. Um, including myself, but I got a lot of um, angry colleagues like by fish or eggs or anything that made the place smell bad or when I was water loading, I had a lot of people like not yelling at me but getting really like unnecessary, you know, comments like, oh, that's so bad for you and like really bashing me for it. Um but now that I've done, I've done five comps now, everyone at work is absolutely beautiful. They're so supportive. And I think it's just a matter of an understanding. Like they know that this is what I do now and they know a bit more about the sport, that it's not such a foreign concept and um, they can accept it and really help me out this time. Whereas the first time it was quite hard. Yeah. I think you do find the more and more people that I speak to, um, and obviously I've, it will. It technically, the next time I go into competitions, it'll be like my third year of, third year of technically competing. Um, you do find that at the beginning, it's like that initial shock, and people just don't, they just don't like the change and they find it really strange. And I guess any any sort of like foreign thing, people instance, some people's instant reactions to kind of like go against it. Um, but as you say, you do find that once you kind of show them the ins and the outs and you educate them a bit more people do tend to end up being your biggest supporters I think it's just that I think a lot of girls have that initial when they're first getting into it they're feeling very overwhelmed with everything that's going on and all the things they have got to think about but then it's just the external when everyone's not on board as quickly as you'd like them to be um, but that's really good that you know, work I feel like you spend a lot of time yeah, we spend a lot of time in our in our lives working and you've got to make sure it's nice when you've got people that and do support and do understand um even if that beginning stage was a little bit difficult i do think it makes a massive difference with your prep when you've got yeah, people around yeah. you that are supportive and they do understand i think as well like um now that everyone's sort of aware of what i do they're so helpful to me and that they will help like prevent me from being in a situation that's um tricky like particularly in the area of work that I'm in so our nurses get a free meal every day and 
at the start when people didn't really know what I was doing, I was put in situations where I'd have like a big bowl of pasta in front of me and I'm like, oh my God, I have to somehow, I can't eat this, but I don't want to cause a scene or anything like that. Whereas now like my colleagues just know and they won't ever, like they'll cancel it in the morning for me or something like that. So it doesn't ever. And um, we have a thing called takeaway night where (laughs) it's very scary for our patients a lot of the time. And nurses are pretty much like really highly encouraged to participate in that to make it less scary. Like we all have takeaway together, we order it and eat it together. Mm. Obviously I can't participate in that. (laughs) So I do, I'm very lucky I have work colleagues that will swap shift with me. Um, But yeah, yeah, there's a, it was horrible at the start. I felt like I was putting everyone out. I'm like, guys, I can't work this takeaway night I can't work the outing I can't do the cooking shop like so many things I couldn't be involved with because of my prep so that was hard but yeah we we're working together now I'm so grateful for their support and help with all that stuff so yeah definitely so I can imagine that you've excuse me I can imagine you've done a lot of research and you've read up a lot about eating disorders um and this is actually a few a comments that unfortunately some people close to me have made and I've not they, they've not told me directly but I've heard from the grapevine um that they said oh you know she looks like an eating disorder and I've just really gone well I don't know I don't know how I feel about that but I I just think it's quite I personally think it's quite insulting and I think you just shouldn't throw that term around however I think it'd be naive for me to say that it doesn't bodybuilding doesn't have I guess those areas um, where people are struggling. Do you feel like sometimes I don't have you ever had someone that's come in that um, has had a background of competing or bodybuilding or that sort of area at all? Um, we actually haven't since I've been working there for two and a half years, and we haven't since I've been um we've had a couple of PTs and things like that but no one that used to compete that I know of um but yeah like I see what you mean with the similar traits like calorie counting calories macros um over exercising like a lot of the times when I do an admission for someone they do like all of their eating disorder traits are like things that I do every single day for the sport so that, that's kind of weird do you find do you or uh, do you guess you find yourself being a bit? Do you find yourself more self-aware? Do you think with what you do because of potentially the background that you do in your, in your kind of profession? If that makes sense, or do you yeah, pick up definitely. On it more? What was that? Sorry. Or do you feel like you pick up on it a little bit more? Yeah, I I do. Like as you know, um, post comp it gets a little bit. Uh, tricky sometimes with people even if you don't sort of begin with any disordered eating traits you have a lot of cases where girls will binge eat restrict like do all this get food anxiety and stuff like that and I feel like I am very lucky in that I do know a lot about eating disorders and I'm not saying that like you know people have eating disorders post-comp but it makes it easy for me to pick up early like if any of my friends are struggling um, and I, I feel really comfortable to have the conversation with them because I talk about it every day at work. Mm. And I don't know, I don't feel or bringing up the topic and being like, hey, are you okay? Because I've sort of noticed this and this. Or, 
Yeah. <laughs> so people, there's, a, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in the UK, sometimes there's like this really, I guess, heated, difficult, sensitive debate where people say, um, bodybuilding gave me an eating disorder. That's like a big statement that's thrown around sometimes, what I see in the UK. Um, and some, Joey, there's some people think that bodybuilding is the cause of some people, unfortunately, falling into, um, I guess, having potentially having symptoms of a eating disorder or, you know, unfortunately having an eating disorder. Um, is that something that's kind of thrown around in the industry in Australia at all? I think to a certain degree, because if you do a really long prep, you're obviously like learning to do certain things, like learning that you can't have this or you have to count everything. Um, and I think people probably struggle post-show to unlearn all that stuff yeah. and get back into eating and everything like that. But then I listened to your last podcast and you guys were chatting about how bodybuilding cured her um, eating disorder so I think it can go both ways I think it's unfair for people to blame bodybuilding for that I feel like if people have that sort of personality trait it's going to be there maybe it was just what uncovered it yeah I'm not sure just my theory (laughs) yeah I think it's it is I find the eating disorder so really hard to talk about but I do think it's something that needs needs to be spoken about in some way um which is it's great to have someone like yourself who is you know qualified who works with people um in that sort of area i guess you have that understanding that awareness um because that's some i've always kind of i've had girls always messing me asking to do episodes like this but i've always felt really out of my depth and gone okay i don't i'm not qualified i haven't got as much experience as people like yourself so um no it's great to have people like you on and, and people like Matilda and Hayley um for previous episodes I guess touching on it um yeah I think it's really really important to kind of touch on but I do think from my personal experience I have found when talking to other people talking to people on DMs and stuff I, I do feel like it's very person dependent um and it stems back like I always think about so I feel like bodybuilding for me at one point I was really like oh have I do I have disordered eating is it because of bodybuilding but I thought and then I had to really think back into my childhood and thought hang on is this stemmed from bodybuilding it has this just stemmed from something way back when and I didn't think of it as disordered eating but it might have been so for me it's really fast eating and really I used to really struggle I still struggle now with like knowing when I'm full and when I'm hungry um and obviously when you get into dieting, your hormones go completely like all over the place. But when I was younger, dieting was thrown around all the time when I was a kid. All the time. My mum and dad, like my dad was always crush dieting. Always dieting. Um, so I feel like for me, it, it, competing is brought up. I went for a stage last year and I was really, I guess, trying to label where things were. Like, is this disordered eating? Is this normal? And I think every competitor goes through that when they go into their post-show, they're like, is what I'm doing normal? Is this a little bit strange? Does that make sense? Um, yeah. I don't know, like completely talking like a nutter, but that's personally how I felt sometimes last year. It was the first time that I had felt like that and really made me question what, what and I guess you, a human instinct, isn't it, Jess? You try and categorise and box things. You're like, right, this is this and that's that. And 
Does that make any sense at all? <laughs> um, I feel like that's something that I probably sound like an absolute nutter, but I, well, I actually, I'm not, I don't because I know I say this, but I, I, I know people have spoken about this on the DMs of me. Um, but yeah, sorry, I've just completely rambled. I'm going to drink now, so hopefully <laughs> I'll just shut up. Sorry, that's all. Um, yeah, what to that ramble, Jess? That's probably the best way to go. <laughs> Uh, no, I think you're so right as well. And um, coming into maybe using example like post-show or people will be like, oh, this is just what an athlete does. Like they don't understand that maybe there is a little bit of a problem. There's a lot of confusion between like, am I doing this um, because I'm really dedicated to my sport or maybe you're going too far. Like I've had a lot of friends that are in deep into their off season and they're still bringing their plastic containers to lunch and it's, and they didn't realize that they're doing something a little bit strange. Cause they're like, Oh, you know, like I'm just dedicated to my sport. But I was like, well, no, like that is a little bit odd. Like there's a lot of healthy things here that you can choose. Like I, I think um, if you have any discomfort in eating out or occasionally having a treat or something, then you have to sort of reevaluate. Like maybe I am struggling a little bit. Maybe I'm not just dedicated to my sport. Maybe I'm actually, I don't know. Like it's hard to, it's easy easy to like um, not recognise because if you can just cook your own meals every day and if you can go to the gym every day, you don't notice until maybe you're in a situation where that's taken off you for a bit and you're all anxious like, too scared to go out for lunch or like I didn't get to go to the gym today freaking out and then you're like oh shit I shouldn't be feeling like this that's really not normal does that make sense yeah I think I'm rambling as well (laughs) it's 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 really I think it is very difficult when you have this you have more awareness I guess you I don't know what it's like in Australia but in the UK there's a lot more awareness around mental health which is fantastic but then sometimes I think people overthink and they listen to all this content and think, oh, is what I'm doing right or what I hate saying those words, is it right or wrong? Is what I'm doing okay and all that sort of thing. And I think it's, as if you're happy, oh, it's hard. Again, I'm really struggling. I'm just kind of stopping myself going, is that the right thing to say? And it, <laughs> it's hard. I, yeah, I think it's a confessor. It is really hard. Um, like for example, my off-season last year, um, I was very regimented on it uh, in my head like inverted commas I, I was very on it in that sense um and I didn't feel like I didn't feel anxious when like I couldn't go gym or I couldn't do certain things but last like this time my off season I felt myself really question myself a bit more a bit too much and that's when I had to kind of I guess my me and my husband had to put like I guess like a break and be like whoa like why why is this going like why are you why is why are you feeling differently this time in comparison to last time um mm-hmm. and for me it was a big one with stress and I think stress is a big underlying problem when with hunger and eating um and all that sort of thing so this year my off season I've got a very rough plan um that my husband's developed for me but in the past, with off season, if I wanted to have a treat, I'd try and macro it in and go a bit crazy. And now I'm like, uh, I'm just eat. I, I just eat it. It's on top of everything else, and it's not a bad thing. It's not like I'm not made to feel guilty, or do you know what I mean? Whereas when I first, first, first started competing, so this is before like Austin and stuff, um, 
when I was in off season, I had coaches and I, and I think it's the way I used to maybe potentially perceive it, but I think coaches have a re they really need to be careful. I personally believe sometimes with what they're saying. And I think words and language in the sport when you're working person with a client is so, so important. I can imagine for yourself as well, working with your patients, the wording is so, you have to be really careful how you say things and what you're saying. Because I remember last, my, my off season, my first, 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 first off season, I'm um, a coach really having a go at me for eating something off plan. That's like, I'm off season. But then that coach is saying, well, no, you shouldn't have ate that. So it's, again, it's that real like, conflicting thing, isn't it? Um, because in, I don't know, it's a, it's a very, the more I delve into it, the more it's like, God, it is an absolute minefield sometimes, I think, for first timers and even for, to be fair, for any competitor trying to maintain that, I guess, that balance, inverted commas. Um, yeah, again, I've rambled. I'm so sorry. <laughs> keep rambling. Just keep rambling. Um, does any of that kind of make any sense or kind of spring any kind of things in your head? Well, I was going to say, I find it really interesting how you're talking about, um, you were speaking in one of your other podcasts as well about how you eat really quickly at the table. Mm. and you're thinking back, or thinking back into your childhood like where did this come from I think that's really important to think about post-show as well because you need to think like, okay why am I anxious about this food um why don't I why do I want to stay complete in the first place like and then go beyond that again like mm. okay so I want to stay lean but why like why am I attaching my self-worth to that like what is it that I'm lacking is it because I need reassurance or praise from other people like what is it like really, really deep, super deep to find it, what the actual problem is like, rather than just going, oh yeah, it's post-show, this and that, like why though? Mm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like maybe you want to stay lean because your prep was so hard and you're afraid to give up that body you worked so hard for or like, yeah, I don't know. Everyone always says they want to stay lean because they like what they look like and everything, but like why? Do do you like to stay lean because you're getting lots of people complimenting you? Is that what you're lacking in your life, or does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. but it's it's again very it's very person dependent. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's important to say with this podcast what we're saying isn't for it's not every single person, um, but it's something that I think I don't know it happens. I think it, I think we'd be naive to say that it doesn't happen. I think it would be naive to say that. Not everyone has those like real moments where you're, I guess, doubting and thinking, overthinking everything um, to, to a certain certain point. Um, like, what sort of things have you found personally with post show and off season that you feel like has helped you? Um, I guess, with, and is there anything you kind of drawn in from the background that you have? Um, and the, I guess you, the understanding that you have from that eating disorder sort of background is there certain th things that you do like strategy wise or anything like that um, which you think have been really helpful for yourself um, so a while ago when I first started training and things I did have a bit of that like food anxiety where I didn't want to eat anything that wasn't on my plan or anything like that so after one of my show after all of my shows um my boyfriend and I have gone away. So I was forced out of tracking and being really strict and stuff because we're overseas. And it was like, 
we always make healthy choices where we can, but you're overseas. You want to try that fun dish that's, you know, over there or um, you can't possibly track your food because you're eating out every single meal. So I found personally that was really helpful if you have a problem with um, being scared of things that you can't track and that if you force yourself in a situation where you can't, you have to let go of it. And with, um, I have heard um, with like people who struggle with binge eating post-show, I know a lot of girls that book photo shoots for like three or four weeks after their show so that they have something to still hold them accountable to make sure they're reversing properly and don't just blow out. So that's another really nice strategy that I've heard of as well. Is that something that you, so do you reverse, I guess with post-show of season, do you tend to, do you reverse, do you kind of bump up quickly? Like obviously your boyfriend manages a lot of your stuff, which obviously I can imagine makes it a lot easier because you're not having to like think about this. Um, but yeah, what sort of <laughs> things do, um, do you do personally? Um, so I guess I am really lucky because if we go out for lunch or something, I can just ask him straight away, like, He's my coach. I'm like, what do I, what would you suggest? But um, I do have a reverse plan. I don't reverse too slowly. Um, but in our reverse plan, we always include things like um, untracked meal, like stuff like that as well, so that it's still structured and I'm not being an idiot and just eating whatever I want, everything in sight, but also I'm not being super regimented. I'm I'm still going out for dinners and things like that with my friends and, and living again after being so restricted on comps. So, yeah. So your boyfriend, I guess, has moved very nicely into the next kind of topic and something that we spoke about on DMs is, your boyfriend is your coach. My husband is newly my coach. Um, how long has... It's Jake, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. How long has Jake been coaching you? coaching you for and how did that come about as well um so basically I okay so when I first met Jake um I just gymmed casually I didn't really know what I was doing just just a sort of five times a week lifestyle thing um didn't track any of my meals just sort of ate clean and I caught I was very stubborn in that he was in the middle of a prep for a pro show and he was very serious about it. And here I am being like, oh gosh, this guy's a bit nuts, like mm. counting everything. It's really unnecessary. I just didn't understand the sport whatsoever. And I kind of got to a point where I had to let go of my stubbornness and actually ask him for help. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm seeing no progress. I never wanted to ask you this question, but could you help me um, with, you know, the goal that I had at the time? Mm. Um, and then, of course, I did that random show, three weeks' notice, and I just kept him on. Like, and I decided I wanted to do more shows and more shows. Obviously, he just continued um, being my coach's default. So, yeah, it was not like a um, huge, like, crazy story or anything, but it just sort of happened by accident. Love that. So, how do you? I really found my husband coached me an interesting experience <laughs> <laughs> and I've asked so people who would have seen on the Instagram like stories I was like asking you girls I'm like yo has anyone had like how how do you do this like this is I don't know why it was for me, but it was just very very odd at the beginning and um, 
people say, I don't know if this is a term in Australia, but in the UK, people say, don't shit where you eat. And <laughs> yeah. my friends kept saying to me, like, don't shit where you eat, don't shit where you eat. And they say, don't work in the same place as your boyfriend and, or husband or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then I was having people on the other side saying, no, it's the best thing ever. And da, da, da. Um, and I think one surprise for myself, and I, I was never aware of this, I never really thought of it as a positive, but, and I think I noticed it with my friends, because my friends said, do you not find it really weird doing your check-ins when obviously you're in your underwear and you've got no makeup on and you, I guess you're in a very vulnerable position, sometimes you can be, and I, I guess when you're having those like bad days or bad body days, um, sometimes you just don't want to be stripping down naked and sending it off to, not naked, but you, know, you wear your underwear. Um, but, <laughs> sorry, I had to put that disclaimer. You put your underwear on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I found that quite difficult, but at the same time, quite nice, because I felt comfortable doing those check-ins with Joe. At first, I was a bit like, oh my God, this is really strange. Um, but yeah, I don't know, how did you find, Do you, is that something that you find quite, I guess that's a, ben a benefit potentially for having your boyfriend coach you. Like, is it? I know we spoke about it again. Um, I'm trying to remember what you mentioned. I know you mentioned about like you, you feel very comfortable with your, in terms of from a health perspective, like you know that he's, I guess, prepping you in the best way possible and you 100% know that because you know he's, I guess, his intentions and, you know, he cares. Obviously, you have to imagine your boyfriend cares about all his clients, but just from you personally, you, that's something that, I guess, gives you a lot of, um, I guess, confidence. Um, is there kind of any other positives or benefits that you found with in coaching you? I guess I obviously have never had a coach before him so I don't have like a nice comparison like you would be able to give people um but I find it like literally I know it sounds really corny but like a hundred percent positive experience um purely because like we're a team like you hear people talking about oh you know um my boyfriend's a bit shitty because I'm always at the gym and we can't do things together whereas when Jake being my coach, it's like 100% our goal, not just my goal that he's supporting me with. It's like a thing that we're doing together, 100%. And um, I said, I do see him every day. So he's got like crazy good knowledge of like how my mood is, what my weight looks like every day, how I react to everything basically. So it's really helpful like with my plan in terms of that. And to be honest, like I just love everything that he stands for. I love um, all of his clients. I love his team. I love everything that he represents. So I wouldn't want to be with anyone like coached by anyone else, even if I didn't, um, know him as my partner or just know him at all. I would, I would honestly like choose his team to be a part of. So I just feel really lucky in that sense. Like, yeah. Oh, I love that. And I guess if he ever says anything, you can just say to him, well, it, it, it's, you, you've given me the plan, mate. So. Yes, exactly. I'm like, I'm doing what you told me to do, so you can't. There's no room for him being angry at anything that I do. I'm following your plan. Do you, because do you live with your boyfriend? Yeah. 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 So do you find, I, this is something that I felt when I first had Joe coach me. When I was, whenever I was like weighing things, I was just like catching it. I was, I was like looking to see if it was like watching me do it. I don't know. 
And, and he kind of look over and I'd be like, I am weighing out 30 grams. And he's like, all right. <laughs> but that was a really weird thing because when I used to, I used, I don't know, in my head I was like, I am doing it. I am doing it, you know. Because, yeah, I know you are. <laughs> it's just really funny. Other than being high, like a hundred percent compliant, like there is no skipping out in your plan. Like if you ever have tempted to do anything, you just won't because you're like they'll, they'll know. Like we live together, you will see remnants of like a chocolate bar or something. Like I will get caught always. Yeah, always. Um, the other cool thing about um, the Federation that I compete in RCN, they give if you win your category, they give um, your trainer a trainer's award. Yeah. So that was like another motivated for me I was like well obviously I'm not a paying client or anything like that and he's helping me out immensely I had this extra like drive I desperately wanted to win so like I want to give you the trainer's award it's like a nice I don't know that was like another cool thing that I was really like driven about him being my coach like I want to give back to you in that that was the way I chose like I want to win your trainer's award I think that would be really cool is there any downsides you feel um I think I get probably like Jake's plans are like pretty hardcore, but I think I mine are a little bit more intense sometimes um, because we do live together and I have no room to be like, oh no, I can't do this. So you can like go now, like go go to the gym now and I'll do whatever it needs to be done at home. Like off you go or we go to the same gym and obviously well we used to train together every single day so I had no sessions where I could slack off like it was really intense yeah that was not putting my guard down ever I was always like having to give a hundred percent but then again that's also like a positive I find as well because yeah do you find like you were I don't know at times where you would I'm just thinking of my example whenever a coach would give me a plan I would just go okay but because Joe was sometimes doing it, I'd sometimes question him back, but not like in a disheartening way, but kind of like debating. Because sometimes when the coach used to give me like a change or an amendment, I would I would sometimes have a different opinion, but I wouldn't never voice it. Whereas with Joe, I I will usually voice it. So if he sometimes increases or decreases food, I sometimes say to him oh I think we should like hold out or oh, I'm not sure about that is there some do you find do you do that with your boyfriend at all is that because I remember I thought that was something that I guess it's a pro because you can be have I guess more open communication but on the negative side I could tell that it probably I needed to just let him do his thing instead of me just instantly going yeah but what about this and maybe not sure does that make sense yeah, I always do that. I feel so sorry for him. Every time I get like a, something I'm not happy with, I feel like if it was a coach, a different coach, I'd be like, okay, sure. But with him, I'm like, why would you do that? Like, why would you increase my cardio? Or like, you know, like cracking like so unnecessarily. But I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I try, Jake sends me, I don't know whether he does this on purpose now, but he sends me my plans when I'm not home. Like my updated plans. So I'm like, Maybe he's giving me that time to just read through it alone instead of like ripping his head off. Joe does that. My husband does that. He, never, he always sends me stuff when I'm not here. I'm like, isn't that convenient, hun? I'm like, really? I know what you're. I know what you're answering. He's like, just take some time to read it. I'm like, yeah, it's alright. Um, <laughs> so like, 
there's one question I've got on it. I, whenever I see the Australian stuff, I, it is very different. What is season A and season B? What is that? Oh, okay. So basically, it's just like the bunch of shows. So we don't really have shows that go throughout the whole year. We've got like season A, which the first show starts in like March or something and then finishes around June. And then season B starts in September and goes to like October. So it's just like the cluster of like um, comp season, I guess. Does that make sense? Do you know what that is? Yeah, it makes complete sense. And I, when you look at the UK scene, most of the comp, like it starts end of March and the most like you get like a same thing i guess yeah it's the same thing you get a cluster until like june july and august very very quiet there's had hardly any shows and september and october is really busy then there's like a trickle off period in november so that's interesting so do the finals do you have like season a or you have the qualifiers and then the finals or does it yeah that's how it works in season b you have qualifiers and then the finals at the end of that season or is both the seasons kind of linked in together um no they're separate so for season a you have like the state shows and then you have like national show and then you've got the worlds um and then yeah and then the same thing happens in season b so you've got the state shows the national shows and then at the end the worlds that's would you know what that's actually really from a health perspective that's actually quite cool because you can, within that one season between, what was it, March and June, did you say? March and May? Like, you can just be lean for that small period of time and then do and then finals. Yeah, whereas where, I guess, the UK, it doesn't, like, fail, but it's, you do, I, you do notice it a lot. People will compete for, like, begin, for example, they'll do a qualifier in April They'll qualify for the finals, but they're not until October. So then they've yeah. got this really awkward, like, period. But I, I honestly think something like that in the UK would do awesome to have, like, yeah. season A and season B, because it, I guess it means that you're not having to stay lean for that long period of time. Um, yeah, that's quite interesting, actually. I think it's something that, I don't know, I'd li- I'd, I would like the UK to go that route. Um, because I think it is, it is difficult to stay that lean for so long. Um, whereas, yeah, you've got your season A and season B, whereas we have one season, but it's pretty much the same as that. But there's no finals at the end. It's just all, all the finals for us are pretty much, you get a couple in June, but hardly any, and most of them are October. Um, yeah. So that is interesting. And I feel like I've learned something today, so that's good. What is, anyway, next question I've got. Why do you wear shorts? Oh, <laughs> yeah, so that's the sports okay. model category. Okay, okay, because wow. you said that you're a sports and fitness competitor. I was like, what yeah. does that mean? Like, is that, because you guys have bikini, don't you? Yes, we do. But this um, so, sports and fitness and shorts is a different category. Well, um, in ICN, the federation that I compete in, they have a bikini so basically it's like you've got the bikini girls and they wear the bikini and then you've got the sports girls that wear the sports outfit and then you've got the fitness girls and they wear a bikini as well um but with sports um category which is in the middle bikini girls can enter it and fitness girls can enter it as well so it's just like a you know how some categories do rounds where they do like um a bikini round and then like a theme wear round or something like that um 
originally it started off like that, but then they found this awkward situation where maybe one girl um, who they thought looked the most, the best in their sportswear, she didn't look the best in the bikini. So they ended up splitting them into two different categories. So you can actually be like a sports model pro and you just compete in the sports outfit and that's it. So how do they, I guess they mark that more on like, like presentation and posing? Is that like a big marker? Um, it's supposed to be like um, a bit more muscularly dense and leaner than the bikinis, but not as big as obviously like figure or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Because I, I the only time I've seen shorts, I remember, I, I remember looking at, I remember looking at when you were Instagrams where everyone was posing like it's like faces back wall and everyone had like the hands yeah. on their heads. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the only time I've ever seen something like that was when your show, the Australia show, and there was a random one that my friend Kerry did where she went to China and they all had masks and like they didn't know who. Yeah, so they all were wearing the same like black like sort of combo of shorts and they all had to wear masks and they had their number and that's how they were marked. That's the only time I've ever seen anything like that. But I found it fascinating. It's pretty cool. Was that Carrie that you had on your podcast? Yeah, Carrie Sexton. Oh, I'm gonna have to look at that photo. I'm so interested. Yeah, I don't think I think she, you had to really scroll back on her feed personally. But yeah, like she thought she. I think she yeah she got best glutes if I remember correctly. She, yeah. thought, she said it was the weirdest like category, but she just loved the experience because you, yeah. Yeah, you just don't get anything like that. Um, <laughs> at all. I know the WBFF in Australia seems to be a lot more popular than it is in the UK yeah. um, so I guess as an overview in Australia you have the ICN yeah. you've got WBFF yeah and I guess you've got IFBB are they sort of like the three main federations? I would say, I would say so yeah um and then you've got like A and B which is another natural federation um we have PCA as well but that's not as um common like they don't get the quite get the numbers like the other three do mm. but they're all so different like RCN and IFBB and WBFF they're, tar- they're so different all three of them but they're all really cool because mm. the PCA is really big in the UK yes I actually met um a girlfriend from the UK I was practicing my posing in the gym, like tiny little gym that we have in our um like area that we live it's like a hotel gym that you can use with your lease and I was practicing my posing and her husband approached me and he was like, hey, um, this is really weird, but we just moved from the UK and my wife does this competing stuff as well. And I was just wondering if you... Is called Meg? she called Meg? No, no, no. Her name's Laura. But um, yeah, that was really cool. And he was like, can you guys meet up? Because, you know, we've only lived here for a couple of weeks and you guys are into the same thing. So she's kind of taught me a little bit about how it works over there. And I sort of tried to help her figure out how it works here. And it's been, yeah, it's been really cool meeting her and chatting with her. I love that. It's just so random sometimes how <laughs> into people and like how you get connected. It's very weird. Like a lot of my friends go, who is this person? Who's this person you talk about now? I'm like, oh, I met them for the podcast. They just look at me like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. We have a um, teammate called Chris. Um, he listens to your podcast as well, which I think is amazing. He's yeah, he's from America. Um, we've not met him, but he's been on our team for like two years and he's flying over um, in about 40 days or something to come stay with us. So I'm so excited for that. Awesome. 
awesome. really cool like, the people you can meet over social media these days it's nuts it's very weird i said to matilda i'm like please come to the uk like, and when you do yeah. i said wait because she's obviously doing the bff in october i said come to the pro show in london i was like come to in november Ah, but it'd be so cool. It'd be so cool. But um, yeah, it's still I still find it crazy that people from Australia started listening to this podcast in little old UK. But it's awesome. It's so cool. I love it. Yeah. I think the competing industry is very. It, it's more. It's smaller. I think than what sometimes I think because yeah. so many people know like different people from parts of the world and all that sort of thing. And I know people that you compete in a different country and then it ends up being like best mates with whoever from all these parts of the world but no it's cool it's very, yeah. very cool. so in terms of i'm trying to think what else um what else have i got on my lovely sheet i'm very organized today yeah we pre we have pretty much covered every single section like that we've covered up here so for yourself what are your plans i guess short term and long term like with competing um like when's your next show all that sort of thing like what are your i guess what are your plans going forward that might be quite a cool question um i have a state show in eight weeks um and then from there i guess i'm just going to figure out what to do depending on how i go if i do well i'd love to fly to sydney and do nationals um and the world is actually in melbourne this year which is really handy because that's like an hour away from where i live <laughs> Yeah, um, so I'm just going to take it by ear depending on how I go in the state show. But my big goal is um, Jake's recently become a physique pro. So he's going to make his, who um, was a fitness pro when we met and then he stepped up to physique. So he's going to go and do his physique um, debut in Korea next year. So that's where um, I would love to go and compete in Korea with him. I don't, I don't even know what the Korean scene is like. <laughs> they are insane. Like, their stage that ICN Korea is so crazy. Like, for us anyway, like, the ICN stage isn't quite as intense as, like, WBFF. But then when I looked at the Korea ICN stage, they have, like, smoke machines and lights and all this really cool stuff. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I want to go there and compete there. Plus, I love um, competing with Jake. I love when we prep together. So I'm looking forward to doing that again. That's so cool. I mean, do you see the, um, there was a sh show in Portugal, the IFBB, and they had them raising from like the, from the bottom, like, oh my God. <laughs> it just looked amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> so cool. I just, it made, I don't know, made our UK shows just look very, very, um, <laughs> just, I was like, damn! I want to come up from the roof. What's up, the roof? I want to come up from like the stage, <laughs> like a superhero. Oh, I have loved watching on Compact. You were um doing some lives of a show that you went to recently. Yes. Yeah, I love that because obviously in Australia, like as you said, the competing world's actually quite small, and you get to know everyone. Whereas the cool thing about listening to your podcast and like looking up all the girls that you have um chatted with. It's been really cool to see like a whole nother collection of people that I wouldn't have otherwise known of. So that's been really fun as well. So I've been loving watching like um, all those like lives of the other competitions and other federations and stuff. It's been really awesome. 
good because they're really stressful to do. Like the internet <laughs> always goes naff, and I'm like, oh, it's a freaking word. And I bought this tripod. Tripod. <laughs> I was like, and then I was, and I had it rested, and I didn't. I completely didn't think about this because the noise is so like the the um, sound is so loud in the auditorium. The camera was shaking because of the bass. I thought, oh my god! <laughs> I'm glad because that's worth it. It makes you feel like, no, I need to do these because it is cool. A lot of times you can't, you know, we can't go to every single show. So anytime we go to one, I always try and get some sort of live. I think you, what you see um, in person, or what you see on social media, and what you see in those lives, I think it gives you, I guess, a big, a better understanding of what the shows are like. So, oh, no, that's cool. That's cool. One place that I really would love, to, and if anyone's listening, please do like get in touch. I'm really intrigued by the Asian competing, I guess, scene, um, especially Thailand. So last year, I was very, I was meant to be going to um, Thailand in December. And I actually looked at doing a show in Thailand, and it was like one random show in Chiang Mai. And I was like, what? That would be like <laughs> mental. Um, but yeah, it'd be, I, I would love to one day be able to just go around all like the world and just look. I don't know, I guess like a documentary. How cool would that be to be do a documentary on different like competing, I guess, like areas in the world? That'd be pretty cool. Watch you should do that. There's one that I watched recently. I could. It's so well known, but I can't remember the name. But it was more like bodybuilding guys. And then I was just interviewing like people doing Olympia and stuff like that. But yours would be, that would be such a cool idea, I reckon. Yeah, all different feds. Like, oh, that would be so cool, mate. Why not? Watch this face. Why not? Yes. <laughs> so my brain, you got my brain thinking now. I think that'd be epic. Hey, right, and I'll come. To, I'll come to Australia, and I'll, I'll cover your one. Yes. <laughs> we'll plan it. We'll get it all planned like perfectly. We'll do that. That's a really good idea. There you go. I think that would be a very popular documentary. Do you know? Yeah. Netflix style. Is Netflix um, big in Australia? Yes, very. What's your go-to series? Oh, that's the worst thing that you could ask me because I do not watch. I don't have time. <laughs> Seriously, between like shift work and stuff, I'm that lame person that everyone's like at work. Oh, did you see this? Like, I've never. Like, I don't watch TV. Our TV is not even connected. Do so I have um, Netflix? We don't have um, like mainland mainland is that the word mainland tv <laughs> really i i have netflix and me and my husband have just gone through sons of anarchy so that's pretty yep. good um, <laughs> power course power is the one um i think there was like it was in the generation muscle generation iron or whatever film yeah, that yes yeah i found that quite good actually but i, I that's why we oh sorry babe no no i think that's the one that i was talking about that yeah one thing i thought they kind of when i came away from that i just think okay they touched on bits and like kuwait and stuff i thought that would be so cool to find out more about yeah you've seen in dubai and i must have seen in kuwait all those different like areas and india is like a really really big up and coming one as well so i think it's like bodybuilding is huge i'm Mm. going to india in november and they have a show there that we weren't able to get to watching because we couldn't make it to Mumbai in time, but I would have loved to be there for that. India looks beautiful. That's one place I'd love to go. And for the food as well. The food looks insane. So keen for that. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so the last question, if you've listened to my podcast, you will know what's coming now. 
Um, yeah. So what makes you just not just a bikini girl and it can't be anything to do with anything that you've mentioned so far? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love okay. it. I like, was. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go into the whole like I'm a nurse. No, no um, that. No, just um, I'm I'm a friend. Um, I'm a I'm a friend and I'm a family member. Like I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. That's a big important thing in my life is my social connection. So that's another thing that makes me. And I love to travel. I'm a traveler. Favorite place. Hey, where's your favorite place that you've ever been to? South Africa. Really? Yeah. Mm. I think you've been like Cambodia, you've been to Vietnam as well that you've been to? Yeah, that was um, this year. But otherwise, uh, my second or like equally favourite, but for different reasons, would be the Philippines. Ah. Have you ever been to Europe? No, I'm waiting for like a time where I can go there for a while. Yeah. I don't want to just pop over for two weeks or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, if you ever want to come to the amazing Northampton, I joke. But if you ever need anywhere, like please just holler. But no, yeah, UK is cool. There are some places in the in the UK that are really, really pretty, really, really pretty. But I don't think they'll be as pretty as Philippines. Like I don't want to have your expectations too high. <laughs> but, um, no, I think everywhere is beautiful, just in its own way. You know, like you don't ever go somewhere and compare it to somewhere else that you've been. You just take it as a new. It is what it is. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. But okay, I think that is a wrap though. Um, we've been going. I think it's about just over an hour. I love like it's just an hour because people. Well, when you get deep into prep, cardio is usually an hour, so usually people can more <laughs> podcast for this cardio hour. But um, no, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. We've touched on loads of different things, and I hope you have enjoyed it as well. Um, if you guys have enjoyed it, please do make sure you get in touch with us. So let us know. Um, and subscribe and do all that fun stuff on Instagram. Um, and yeah, honestly, thank you so much for this. It's I've learned a lot about Australian competing and obviously like <laughs> the job that you do as well. I just think I don't. It's I think it's very, very inspiring that you have you do that job and you have so you can tell how much care you have and even when you're on prep, like you're still putting like your patients first, which I just think is like amazing so so amazing so yeah basically keep doing keep doing what you're doing because i love it i think it's awesome and yeah loads of love to your uh boyfriend as well jake yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah thanks so much for listening guys and yeah we'll see you in the next episode